Hi, and welcome to Thinking Out Loud. This is Mariana. And Elizabeth. Good morning. Good morning. How are you feeling? Are you feeling better? I'm so much better than last week. It was, I was really rough last week, so. Oh my goodness. It has. like a little bit of a cough, but Oh, but yeah, that's doable. It infected like um, all of our church too. <laughs> we had three really people. Through the microphone <laughs> across the internet. I affected your whole church. Well, if I can infect you through the microphone, then surely you can give it back to me to carry it to the people at church, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Makes perfect sense. Sure it does. <laughs> oh, it's such a t- – but okay, so here in Columbia, at least, it's been really hot and we had lots of rain again. So all the mosquitoes were out because it was the humid – you know, when it rains and it's humid and ugh. I remember that. And then – yeah, and then on Wednesday we had tornadoes too. We had oh, a tornado that touched down in three different places pretty close to us. <laughs> Like within 10 miles. That's crazy. I know. I, I um I remember tornadoes too. I almost grabbed my textbook and went into the hall. Into the hall. Isn't Wait, that what you you're supposed to do at school? For? I always thought that's so strange. Oh. Wait, yeah. What do you need your textbook for? Um, For falling debris. Ah, to like glance it off of you. That's interesting. Except we just n- always went under our desks. Oh, yeah, which doesn't help you at all. Now, I think they've revised the safety standards and you all go into the bathroom, uh, which, which is at the center of the building. Makes sense, I guess. Yeah, I feel like the hallway is really susceptible. I mean, isn't – you go to uh, – so I was asking Sam. I was like, okay, so where would we go? And he's like, okay, we would go to the half bath with the closet because that's the, that's the center of the house. yeah. And I was like, okay, so we're going to fit two adults, a baby, and two 100-pound dogs in those places. <laughs> good things. The Good thing the girls aren't here right now. The last place um, the last place we lived with tornadoes, actually there was tornado stuff in Connecticut when we were there, which is really weird. They don't usually have that. I think Connecticut was pulling out all the stops weather-wise when we were there. Um, like, hey, I feel like that about Columbia this year. I mean, some snowstorms for you and then mm-hmm. oh by the way we're gonna have a tornado too and i was like that's great but we had a basement so ah well and cool. so columbia has this but it was also raining so things were flooding again because we still don't have all the dams that are fixed or the oh, creeks yeah. you know so I mean, you're kind of still saturated probably oh my gosh our yard is terrible <laughs> Our dogs have just taken to playing in it. Bless you their hearts. didn't know that you got swamp property, did you? Um, yeah, we're working on a swimming pool in the back. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not just us. Like, everybody in Columbia has swamp, swamp property. Well, yeah. I know. I'm sorry. We're getting rain, at least. So, that's nice. And it's been, like, super muddy, which is fun for the dog. That's what I'm saying. Our dogs who don't like wet have just <laughs> taken to rolling in it. No, yeah. actually, they don't roll in it. They like to run and splash it on each other. <laughs> Do your dogs eat mud? Um, Waylon does, yeah. Yeah, because Tag occasionally he will like try to eat mud. Okay, so at the dog park in Asheville, <laughs> I mean, there would be dogs that would be in the holes and they would just be chomping on that mud. Yeah, it's it's not healthy, I don't think. So I try to like chase him off it. But he like doesn't listen to me. It's so funny. He's like he's like I'm focusing on this mud and so I like jump over where he is and then he like springs back and looks oh, at me yeah. like, "Whoa, what just happened?" And I'm like, "You jerk. Get away from the mud." Yeah, that's when we learned. Oh, actually, we got to the point in Asheville where we would just have the dogs like leap into the river on the way back to the car to try to get some of the mud out. But you always had to have um, towels in your car if you took your dogs to the dog park because. Pretty much we have towels like spread out by the front door. Exactly. I know our whole kitchen, it's tiled. So it has like little puppy ball prints all over it. Yeah. Oh, when we lived in Connecticut, because it was the same thing in in Connecticut with the snow, right? Right, because it melts. I mean, and so like we would take the dog out and he would just collect 
snow. Like he'd get little ice balls encrusted on his fur, you know, <laughs> and in his paws and everything. And he'd just be like a walking snowman when he came back inside. And so I like had a baby gate that I put up in the kitchen so that he would just be like stuck in the kitchen. And then like I'd spread out towels and just make him lay in there till he melted. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm like I can't do anything else for you. And you can't go tracking this all around the house. Cause I mean, not that my house is like pristine or anything by any stretch of the imagination but oh gosh no I try not to add like that kind of a layer to it (laughs) well Sam and I always have this debate like okay maybe we should pull up the carpet in this house and put down hardwoods or something and then we're like why are we gonna do that like or replace the carpet because we've got two kids a baby and two dogs like (laughs) we're not gonna pay for a new carpet yet although it's disgusting you know we'll pay for you're like, we just all the best cleaners that we can get, but we're not going to replace the carpet. Put the baby in a hazmat suit before you put him on the ground, you know? <laughs> yeah, the blankets, you know, the washable stuff. That's what we do. And I, yeah. I just swore that I was going to be the kind of mom, baby mom, that didn't let the dogs on the blankets yeah, right. that the baby was going to use. And did it. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I, I did like, for a while. <laughs> but now they snuggle with him so it's really cute i can't help it oh until they crush him they're like we're just getting closer and closer so that we can like lay on top of him they do do that creeping thing and it's so funny you know how dogs do the squatting thing with their uh tails up in the air wagging yeah to get you to play with them yeah so waylon was doing that to ben last night (laughs) oh my gosh and he was like he's not ready yet (laughs) but he was laughing so Waylon was like this is awesome oh that's cute you need a video of that and he just started that's the first time that I've seen him do it so Ben would like wave his hand or kick his feet and you know he wouldn't even touch Waylon but it would be like almost touching him and Waylon would jump back and run around and come back and squat down it was pretty fun (laughs) well should we talk about um Let's talk about, I have news this week. I'm, you do? Yeah. I have, dun, 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 dun. Is that enough of a intro? A fanfare. Thank you. Thank you for the You're fanfare. welcome. I am, um, like, my my year started off a little slow. I don't know if I mentioned that on this podcast yet, but it started off a little slow. And January is just a slow month for people who are editors, I think. There's just not a lot uh-huh. coming in. And so I was like, la, 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 I'm never going to work again because my <laughs> I'm going to have to go. <laughs> right. My, yeah. My, like, oh, I'm going to have to go get a job at McDonald's because. I really? You would choose McDonald's? I mean, I'm going no. Panera or Starbucks, somewhere with better coffee. The worst, most horrible place I could have to work. Um, but anyway. You could um, go back to Barnes and Noble. That wouldn't be terrible. <laughs> no, you're right except that it's a really long drive from here. Um, anyways, now I'm like overloaded with stuff to do all of a sudden. So like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing that all of a sudden all these projects came rolling in. Um, like I'm helping my, I mentioned Gabriella before, Gabriella Pereira from DIYMFA.com. Um, she has a book coming out in end of July. Um, that's being published by Writer's Digest. And um, she uh, she asked me if I would work for her as her book launch coordinator. Um, so I'm like deep in helping her like get stuff rolling for that, um, which is super fun because I'm learning a lot about what it takes to launch a book and the publicity side of things and um, marketing and some stuff like that. So that's really good. Um, and then um, I have a super awesome client that I'm working on his like it's almost like actually I think it's a trilogy a sci-fi trilogy that he was like it's all one manuscript and then he sent it to me in three parts and I was like dude this is definitely three books and let's work with it that way um so I'm working on his and then I got contacted by I did like this super fangirly thing on Monday morning because Stuart Horowitz who is um He's the head of book architecture, which I've talked about before because I read his book, Book Architecture. He emailed me on Monday morning. He's like, hey, I don't know if you remember who I am, but if you don't, I'll be really sad. But um, I was hoping you would proofread my new book. And I was like, (gasps) ha, (laughs) like, yes, of course I will, please. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. So um, I'm like 
doing a rush job for him of proofreading his new book right now, um, which is going to be really super cool. It's uh, more about like the craft. Um, it's I think mm, the title of it escapes me at this particular moment because I'm not, I don't have it pulled up. Um, but anyways, the, the gist it doesn't of it have a title is, right now. No, not yet. But um I mean, it does have a title, but he just hasn't put it on his website, I think. Yeah, I was going to say he um, hasn't released it yet. Right. Um, but anyways, basically, it's about writing your book in three drafts. And he talks about like draft one, draft two, draft three, and like how to process all that. And then it's like very multimedia-esque. Um, he has like, if you get the ebook, there are links to PDFs. Um, there's links to videos that you can watch that correspond with different like portions of it um there's like um manga-esque photos going on in it to like break down some of the process and things like that um and so it's like super interesting in that sense it's a non-traditional manuscript and really cool and um so i'm like giving him a shout out here super long one because I'm really excited about that. I think it's going to be awesome. Well, and you've talked about that book and how helpful it is. So yeah, book architecture is a great book and talking about like series grids and stuff. And this is just a really um, good way for people to get their heads around the drafting process. Um, so like getting your head around draft one and what that is and like how you put that together and then draft two and then draft three so that you're not I think that the point is, and I think this is in the subtitle somewhere, it's so that you still like the book when you're finished with it. You're not like on draft 800 and going, oh my yeah. gosh, this book is never going to end, right? He's like, here's a way to conceptualize this well, so that you get what you need to get done and then you can move on. And I think so often what happens, at least with the people that I talk about, is that they don't do one draft and then a completely, a second thing that that has to do with the whole draft. You know, right. they, they like edit parts of it and they're like, oh, well, I kind I edited through, you know, half the book or something. I'm like, no, no, you got to right. approach it in a different way because you've got to look at the whole thing again. Well, this book is going to have some really good suggestions for that. So when, when it comes out, we'll make sure to link to it. Um, but for now we can link to book architecture and you guys just keep an eye on Stuart Horowitz and his stuff because it's going to be great. Um, and then, and then there's more, and then, and then like midweek. And I, I kind of had this as a pie in the sky possibility. Didn't think it was actually going to work out kind of thing that Gabriella had mentioned to me a while ago, but, um, midweek, um, one of the other people that the other columnists from the DIYMFA.com website, um, she messaged me and Gabriella on Twitter and was like, hey, so I'm going to be going to the Writer's Digest conference and I was just looking at the schedule and I see you guys are speaking. And I was like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> I'm sorry. Did, did you mean me too? <laughs> I know. I was like, uh, let me go check that real quick. And so I like pull up the Writer's Digest conference schedule and sure enough, I'm speaking at it. And I You're was like, a speaker. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm speaking at Writer's Digest Conference. Well, Gabriella and I are going to do a joint talk um, that's based on the revision talk that I gave for the- um, The webinar. For the webinar that we did. Yeah, um, that you got really good on, response on. She has some, and she has some, like, I mean, I did that based on a method that she has. It's a pyramid, revision pyramid thing, which she did a freelance article for Writer's Digest for- at one point as well. So like, it's all super connected and everything. And I only have Gabriella to thank for that. But at the same time, like, oh my gosh, like we're going to go talk at Winter's Digest. <laughs> um, when? So when? It's mid-August. Mid um, I'm linking to it right now. Yes. And we're going to keep linking to it <laughs> for the next eight months. <laughs> no, I mean, it's going to be in like six months. So, well, we'll, we'll link to it afterwards too, because- Hopefully they'll have video. Um, but I was like, okay. So two years ago now, I was like hiding under my desk at the thought of doing a podcast. Yes. And now you're going to. And now I'm going to be flying to New York and giving a talk at a writer's conference. Okay. But here's the thing. You have to have your book in the works by then. Like you have to be taking pre-orders by August. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm 
as your book launch consultant that you didn't really hire (laughs) nor ask for, you've got to be taking pre-orders by then. Okay. Well, so then I can add to, to my, um, my crazy week if you want to, because yesterday, um, actually, um, speaking of that book, um, so yesterday I was with my therapist and I had a really good idea for another story. And I was like, whoa, that's actually really interesting. And I need to write that down and remember it and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like walking pretty quickly to the bus stop and talking to myself so that I can like remember the idea and like think about it. And all of a sudden, like the, because I'm, I've been stagnated on the work in progress right now, the novel, um, all of a sudden a solution came to me. Like I'm not even to the bus stop yet. And the solution was, I was like, oh, well, that's obviously what I need to do to, because I was having like a, it was like a timeline momentum kind of issue where I was like, okay, this happens and then this happens. And then like, wait, she's already got what she wants. So what does she even need anymore? And then I was like, oh, but I need to flip things so that she doesn't really have what she wants yet. Yeah. She has what she thinks she wants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and when I like, when that actually came to me, I was like, what is going on here? Cause I was like, how can I hold these two ideas in my head for long enough to get to the bus stop so I can write everything down and but, work so. all the time. Like you're yeah. not going to be able to sleep. You realize. I know. I know. I was pretty much, I was like, great. And then, I mean, I'm doing like one of my friends, um, her birthday is coming up. And so we're like having a party on Saturday and I'm supposed to bake cupcakes. And so like, there's like a bazillion things I need to do between like now and now. So yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh, all this stuff at once. Where like last month I was just like languishing and uh, sad no. nothingness. Like, Reading books. Face now, please. Um, but yeah, so I'm like super excited about stuff that's coming. Um, yeah, and, and suddenly 2016 is like laid out before you. <laughs> yes, basically it's there. So yeah. That's so and exciting. And when you get a break like that and you, you get the reassurance, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Got it. Um. So and speaking of the the novel again and your recommendation that I'd be taking pre-orders. Um, or have the I, ebook out. I'm hoping to have that all squared away um, and ready by the time I go to the Utopia conference in June. Ooh. So it'll be ready well ahead of Writer's Digest. Um, but because, especially because in June is when the um, debut collective anthologies come out and yep, my story is in there. Um, so I want to be able to like, have be like yes you can read it here you can read it here they go together yeah exactly so so are you hoping for an ebook publishing or a print you've been in this business for a long time how do you feel like your book fits into the greater publishing Um, i I honestly think that this one is going to be an ebook and the reason for that is because platform i'm not i'm not ready i don't have a big enough platform to sustain a um, first run. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, I think, I think that this is a way for, to help me build my platform actually. And so I'm going to probably keep the price pretty cheap on the ebook too. Well, um, and it's, like, uh, it has a fantasy element to it, right? Yes. And we all know fantasy does real well in ebook. Yes. Well, and yes. And, and I think it's more than one book now, like, as the story has evolved over nano, then I was like, oh, okay. So I could take it this way. I could take it this way. Exactly. So, um, so there's stuff, there's stuff and it's there and I'm like inching my way towards it. But now I have to inch a little faster because it's February and I just said I wanted to have it done and like push public by June. (laughs) So I'm like, okay. Let's I'm hurry. feeling that too. And <laughs> well, and it's it's tough because you have to balance the work that you have to do to pay your bills with the work that you want to do to create a future for yourself. And so it's this constant back and forth and I mean, yep. for me, it's all of my time has been in work that I have to do and 
it's so frustrating because you, you know, you, you have these, these weeks or these months where you are so entrenched in that, that you can't be doing work for what's coming or what you want to come kind of thing, you know? So this is awesome for you because you've been able to do both. Mm -hmm. Yep. At the same time, (laughs) which doesn't, you know, which doesn't happen, but I think it's a good, a good thing for us to remember too, that there are for all of us, you know, whether you're Elizabeth Gilbert or whether you're us, you know, there are these slow times that seem like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm not doing what I should be doing, but that doesn't mean that you're not doing what you should be doing. It means maybe that something's about to break or like you, 16 things are about to break (laughs) at one time. I know. Right. (laughs) Or it means you need to think of it from a different angle and, you know, keep, well, I was just thinking about the book architecture, you know, you reached out to him or made a connection to him in some way. And then suddenly now, how many months later, you know, that's coming back around. I'm trying to remember like when, um, I, when Gabriella did her, cause she interviewed him, um, on her podcast and it was a long time ago. Um, but like they, they talked about, oh, no, was it really that long ago? I cannot be right. No, 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 that's not right. <laughs> um, there it is. April 2015, that's when she, that's when she put their, her interview live with him. See, um, and that's six months did. to a year. That's what we talk about. You it's know, you make. A year later, yeah. Yeah, you make connections to plan six months to a year from now. Yeah. And if you aren't doing those things, then you're not making, you know, you're not planning ahead. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's one of those things where like you kind of, it's not that, I mean, you can't, you make yourself crazy if you like make a connection and just like wait expectantly for those six months to a year for something to happen because like. With that one connection. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Like, but you just like, so you kind of have to just like, um, put your wishes out there like on the wind, you know? So like you, you say, oh, hey, you'd be fun to work with and talk to people, which is kind of what I did after the, um, the podcast episode. Um, like I produced for her, so I go, I would go through and, you know, if they needed editing, do editing on it. And their episode, actually, there were a couple places where they were like, okay, wait, no, that's not what I wanted to say. And, And so like by the end of it, he was talking to me in the podcast, like, Elizabeth, you're amazing. And thank you so much for helping us with this. And I was like, this is funny that like the, that the interviewee is talking to me on here. So I emailed him afterwards and I was like, hey, so Elizabeth, um, the podcast producer. And um, by the way, I'm also a freelance editor and, you know, it'd be cool to work together sometime. And he was like, yeah, I don't have anything going right now, but I'll keep you in mind, which is what everybody says, right? Oh, Sure. So, but that's, you know, the kind of thing that like when there's a window of opportunity for you to be like, if I had waited too long, I would not have been able to send that email. I had to do it like right when I had that moment of, oh, he's like, he knows who I am right now. So I'm going to send this email. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's hard to determine because first of all, a lot of times you don't get any response back. You know, the fact Mm -hmm. that he said, I'll keep you in mind. That's actually unusual, at least in my experience, because more often than not, you get nothing in response. And then you get this email. Oh, hey, you sent this email to me six months ago. And, you know, that kind of thing. But I I think that, you know, I um, talk about it in terms of like, you know, planting seeds or we have these orchids that we've been transplanting because they are all in this one bed that's way too small for them. So it's taking a process of digging up the bulbs and putting them in. But when you see in the spring, usually around Easter, and they come up and you're like, oh, those do look good here. <laughs> you know? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna break you right here and say that those were not orchids, but they're probably irises. Actually we have bo- oh yeah, no, it's iris you're right. It's not orchids, it's I, I do have an orchid, but it's, it's not planted. It's uh, orchids are yeah, orchids are epiphytes. They don't they don't live in the dirt usually so or they do but I'm, they like live in the air not in the ground 
And I'm thinking about my orchid that Sorry. I'm slowly killing. I didn't mean to derail you there, but I was like, some. But it's irises somewhere. and and tulips. Sorry, yeah, it's irises and tulips that are together. I knew there were two kinds. Um, thank you very much. <laughs> I, I am thinking about my orchid that's slowly dying dying on my. Yeah. Uh, it needs to be repotted. Probably. Anyways, Poor little orchid. But so we've been same, t- same difference, right? You you pull them up and put them somewhere else, but it takes a while. Exactly. And you don't know, especially if you transplant them, you know, what we've read, what I've read at least is that sometimes they don't even bloom the first season that you transplant them. Right. So, well, and so your, your thing is that to, you know, to like carry the analogy forward here, like you could um, like look at that bed and like you could stare at that bed of flowers and be disappointed that nothing came up. Yeah. Or, and so like you could just bulldoze the whole thing and put in something different. Um, or you could like be patient and at the same time plant something else that, you know, you're like, oh, look, if this is pretty, I can look at this right now while I'm waiting for this over here. Yeah. So. And if you plant at different times, you know, and I don't know, different species, different, different kind of markets, yeah. then, you know, something's bound to come up. I really do think that's true, but it's yeah. so hard I mean, even if you have, you were talking about all of January, but even if you have a week to 10 days and you haven't seen anything and you're, you know, you're trying to make connections and to do all those things, it's so frustrating and it can be so disheartening that I understand why people give up on writing, on starting their own business, on, on doing all of these things, because it's, it's such hard work. It's a long con. That's for sure. You have to be patient, put in the time. (laughs) Well, and I think about you too, you know, you've had these different phases of writing refinery in general. Mm-hmm. So now you're on this national stage when, when you first started, I, I, I feel like it was really regional, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, and you know, like we'll see, I mean, that's the other thing too, is that like a lot of times, like you get a lot of, I'm not going to call it a false start because it's not false. It's just that you're like, oh, it's going great. And then it like, it ebbs and flows. Right. So like, Mm -hmm. it's it's not going to be like, I mean, maybe it'll be like the big break and it's just a flood from there on out, but like more, more likely than not, it's just, it's a peak of a wave and I'll go back down and then come back up and go a little higher every time or a little further in on the shore every time. (laughs) But I, I also feel like you're, you know, I, Okay, so different people have different philosophies about this. You know, um, Dan Benjamin on Back to Work that we've referenced here before talks about, uh, oh, no, it was on Quit. He was talking about, you know, you just need to focus on your cash cow. Like, you just need to do the thing that people are hiring you to do. And I think that's true to a certain extent because, you know, people can scale up too quickly. But I think for, for those of us who are in small businesses who have – you know, like you're the sole owner, but you have other people that you work with and kind of a contract kind of experience, you know, you also have to kind of dip your toe into these different markets and see, like you were talking about, about ghostwriting and, you know, producing podcasts and these kinds of things. Like it hasn't changed who you are as an editor. It's just part of the publishing um, field as well. Right. Well, and it's, I mean, technically, you know, like it's a way to diversify, um, to learn new things. When I started podcasting with you, um, and then producing for Gabriella, like I didn't really know that much about podcasting and probably some people would say, I still don't know a whole lot about it, but I know more than I did. Um, a lot more than I did about podcasting. So there's that. Um, and, and apart from that, then like I get the, um, the benefit of a broader network, you know, of like people that I come into contact with and, that are related to the industry that I'm in. So exactly. Like, it'd be yeah. Different if I was producing a podcast for somebody who's like a lion tamer, which would be cool, but it's also not helping me in business, <laughs> right? <laughs> because I'm like, because I'm not oh, all that interested in lion tamers, <laughs> unless they're in a story that I'm editing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Or one that I'm reading, but. But so the point there being that, you know, yeah, like I talk, I listen to and talk to um, professionals and, and other experts in the field that I am, am a professional and an expert in and thereby- Listen to what you just said. You just called yourself an expert. I know. I, know I have I'm to, I, so proud. 
I'm I'm like beaming mentally, over here. Intentionally made myself do that, right? Because I was like, I'm gonna talk about experts. I have to like I'm not allowed to not. That's true. Claim that. So, anyways, um, so yeah, so that's pushing myself forward. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like it's you know you have to diversify in the sense that you know if you see an opportunity that is going to help you. Um, reach out to people that are in your area of expertise, um, then you should take advantage of it. And if, if you can, you know, like if you're not so completely full that you can't do it anymore. Um, and you, I mean, I think you have to act like a professional, you have to walk like a professional and you have to talk like a professional in order to start seeing yourself as a professional, you know? And, um, oh, so Sam and I were talking about David Bowie, black star. Hmm. And we're I actually talking- haven't seen the. Oh, um, I won't spoil I it. Seen the, the video. I saw his tweet about it, and I was like, okay, so I probably need to go watch that now. I mean, I've listened to the song, of course, but I'm not. Over- you haven't seen the video of it? No. no okay, so I'll we can't talk about it. We'll talk about it next time. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah. No, but it. You know, it's um. That you know. Okay, so we'll say this much: the David Bowie that steps on stage is not David Bowie. You know, this is the presented version of David Bowie that he's um, perfected in a certain way. You know, so you you have to be able to say, okay, this is my presented reality. It doesn't mean you're inauthentic, but it means that, okay, this is who I am. I'm a producer. I'm an editor. I'm a writer. I'm a ghostwriter. You know, this is who I am. And then, you know, you reserve the the core of who you are for your for the people who are closest to you, you know, Tag and Noah and these friends, like you have two separate identities and it doesn't mean that they're inauthentic, but it does mean that, okay, this is, you you have to set the stage, you know, just like you have as a writer, you have to create the setting and you have to be specific about the, the ground that the characters are standing on, because if not, your readers are going to take that and create a ground that makes sense to them. So if you don't explicitly say, this is the ground they're standing on. This is what they're seeing. You're not giving your reader, you know, the picture that you see in your head. Right. And I think in the same way, you know, we, you have to define as a professional, this is the ground I'm standing on. And this is who I am. See my name tags. Let me tell you who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, I don't know about you, but for me, this is really difficult because I've seen people who do this who are really inauthentic. And so for me, it feels wrong to, you know, create some kind of identity, but it's not that you're creating an identity that's separate from who you are or inauthentic is that you're creating an identity to say, Hey, get to know me this way. And then perhaps you can get to know the real me too. Yeah. And we all do this. And if we do it purposefully, then it is authentic, you know, but if we do it haphazardly, then it's just confusing. Yeah. And self-serving, well, I would say. So, um, so like in keeping with that, do you want to, do you want to lecture me right now about, um, having a personal blog versus having a business blog? Yes. Um, because like, I was just thinking about that in relationship to like, I mean, because like in today's market, like you don't always step in front of people, um, like physically like the way you step in front of people is by going onto the internets. Um, And so like we were just arguing about this before we started recording listeners um, about um, something that I was talking about that she was like, you should be blogging about this. Why haven't you told anyone about it? And I was like, well, because it's more of a personal story than an editing story. And my blog is an editing blog right now. And so then she was like, I'm going to lecture you. And I was like, maybe we press record first. So now I've distracted (laughs) her for a little while, but now we're kind of coming back to it and I'm going to let her go for it. Mariana, lecture me. Tell me, tell me what I should do. Well, I I think, and having known you, well, kind of known you, I guess. You know me. Oh my gosh. Just because we've never been face to face. Doesn't mean you. you. Okay. So, (laughs) so here's the thing is I think that a personal blog feels too personal for you. And so, you know, you're like, oh, no, I just need to do the writing refinery brand. I need to push this. And that's true. But you also are this separate person that I'm thinking about Utopia last year where you read um, 
tarot did, cards for people. Yeah, for people. And then people are like, oh my gosh, this person's really cool. Yeah. Well, that's separate from who you are at Writing Refinery because that doesn't have to do with anything with editing, but it connects you to people, you know? And I, I was thinking, I was watching your Facebook where you do these beautiful rocks that you leave and, and seeing, mm-hmm. um, you know, your friends comment, oh, I found one. I guess these are your Davis friends, but I'm like, yeah. and I, I don't even know why she does that. I know she does that from Facebook, but I know she has a reasoning behind it. I know it has something to do, man. I wish she had a personal blog so I could see, <laughs> you know, is this something she came up with herself? Is this a movement that's going around, around, you know, the United States of America or the world that I don't know about and that I could be doing because, or, you know, that you the girls and I could be doing, it. you should be doing it, but I, no, I, I shouldn't because you know why nobody is writing about why I should be doing it. And that person is you. <laughs> well, that's true. See, I can't join a movement that I don't know about. Okay. 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 So, but then here's my next question. Like, do I just like leave that blog out in the middle of nowhere? Because like, that's, that's the thing. The writing refinery blog is about to get wrapped finally, completely and seamlessly wrapped into my website, which thank goodness. But should I be creating a website for myself? Absolutely, because you're about to become an author and your author is not – you're not going to promote your book through Writing Refinery. That would be a little squishy. <laughs> you're right. So where where are people going to go to find out about your book and your book signings? Mm, Writing Refinery? Point. No, you're going you're gonna to leave that up to the publisher? That's <laughs> not a good idea. I don't idea know, Mariana. Either. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you choose a good one, then yeah, you can depend on them. However, you you know, and this is the thing is that writing refinery is great in what it's doing for all of the, the, you know, the writing ideas, the encouragement that you're giving people, but you're not giving people the opportunity to get to know you. That's true. And if they don't get to know you, they're not going to care about writing refinery or tarot cards or rocks or, you know, they're, they're just not fantasy stuff that I like or. Yeah. But I think, I I mean, I, this is my guess is that the reason that you're not doing that is because someone has given you marketing advice that you need to put all of yourself behind writing refinery as a brand. And that's true to a certain extent. But the fact of the matter is that people choose businesses that they like the people who have founded the businesses. And if you aren't giving the, your audience a way to get to know you as the founder, then they're not going to care about your brand either. Hmm. Interesting. The people who care about Harrelson Press care because they know that I used to be an agent. They know that I want to do something different for authors. You know, they know these things. So they care about Harrelson Press because they know my story. That's true. And they know what I'm reading and they know, you know, these kinds of things. So you're, cause let's see. When you post about your um, your other job, um, do you do that through a personal site, like through um, like my preacher job? Yeah, sometimes, but sometimes I write an experience based on the church as the pastor of that church. But sometimes I write about some of the things that I'm working through or that I'm wondering about based on someone who is a clergy member in but the changing do- dynamics. But you do all that on your personal site and not on, not on a, um, what's it called? On, it doesn't go on a Harrelson Press. No. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. That's what I want. Sometimes I write about the things that I'm reading on Harrelson Press because that's, that's Harrelson Press, you know, and that has uh, a greater reach and a different audience. And that's the thing that's hard is that you have to understand that your business has an audience, but you personally have an audience too. And they can play together and they can help each other, but they can't if the one doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's, I, that's I, what you, I think. You convinced me. I'm already like pulling up Dotster to, because like my miraculously, my name is still available as a, domain name. Well, and that's the thing that, you know, people like Amanda Palmer understand is that she has given her name a brand as well as the art of asking a brand. Mm -hmm. And a lot of authors don't understand that. 
you know, they think they should just talk about their book and their, and their bookings and their signings and these kinds of things. And you should talk about those kinds of things if you want to be an author, but almost all of us have another life as well. Hmm. A secret life. Well, and the other thing that I'll say is that, you know, we have friends and family who look at the amount of, um, content that Sam and I put on social media and they're like, oh my gosh, you post all the time. We know everything that's going on in your your life. And I'm like, oh no, you don't. You know exactly what I want you to know about my life. I have made public what I want to make public. There are lots of things that, you know, I'm not making public about my family, about my job, about me as a person. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what you have to realize is that you are putting things out there that you want into the ether. And then the things you don't want in the ether, you reserve for um, those times that you're making pizza and drinking beer with your friends on Friday night. Like that doesn't (laughs) go public. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. So that, that I think is, is a good message. Okay. So you, if you are a, a small business owner, you are also someone who needs to brand personally. You have to. If you're going to be a writer, you have to do this too. Mm-hmm. You know, people have to care about you as a person in order to buy your books. It, there's just no other way about it. But that person that they care about doesn't have to be all your intimate secrets. You know, you can create a personal public profile of this is what I want people to know about me. And then reserve the other things for your you know, your friends in real life. (laughs) So, and I think that's where people make the mistake in social media and also in blogging is that they break that, um, what do you call it? The third wall, you know, you break the third wall into, okay, they are oversharing and we all know when someone's doing it. It's true. But just because you're talking about your own personal life doesn't mean you're oversharing. You know, you can do that in a way that's authentic and interesting to people. It's true. I agree. I do. And and yes. So thank you. I'm going to carry that information off. So tell me what you're reading after my, I'm kind of worn out from that big sermon that I gave and I got to preach again on Sunday. Good. I appreciate it. Um, No, I do. And I think that our listeners will really appreciate that too. So that is good advice and actionable advice that I'm going to be adding to my pile of stuff to do for 2016 (laughs) right now in this moment now it's like the man behind the mirror or the man behind the iron (laughs) curtain you know right okay so what I'm reading I have two things that I'm reading um I'm I'm back to reading um Daring Greatly by Brene Brown which I started a few weeks ago and then I kind of put down for a little while but I'm I'm gonna get through it because I'm enjoying it um and it's really um, interesting talking about uh, vulnerability and shame and stuff like that. So it's good. Um, it was actually quoted um, by Amanda Palmer in The Art of Asking. That's kind of where really? I Really? I didn't know that. And then somebody gave it to me for Christmas this year. And I was like, hey, how did you know I wanted to read this? And they were like, I don't know. I just knew. So I'm reading that. And then I'm also, um, because I read more than one thing at once, um, I just started reading a book called Steal the Sky by an author named Megan O'Keefe, who is a San Francisco Bay Area author. Um, And this is her debut novel. It's kind of like a steampunk fantasy adventure novel. It looks awesome. And I'm really excited about reading it. I went to, she had a reading at the local bookstore, the Avid Reader this week, or last, on Friday actually, um, evening. And so I went and saw a couple of my writer friends that are here in the area. And Isn't that fun? I love those. I gave her reading and bought her book and she signed it for me. And I was like, well, this is exciting. Um, so, and I'm like such an awkward, socially awkward um, person, but you know, like, when I'm around fantasy authors, I don't feel so bad. Um, <laughs> and most of them talk a lot more than I do though on, in like public space. So I just like stand there and listen. And then I know they think that I'm like super rude and checking my Facebook or something, but like I'm spending most of my time, um, 
taking notes on what they're saying because there's stuff that they talk about that I'm like, I've never even heard of this. Like, so, you know, let me put that networking websites. I'm going to, I need to write this down so that I can go research it or this, you know, contest that they have entered or this magazine that they sent short stories to, you know, I'm just like taking notes the whole time. I'm like, sorry guys, I should probably just take a tape recorder, but they might get offended at that. (laughs) That might be even weirder. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. So, um, so yeah, but so, it was cool to go meet Megan O'Keefe, um, and then now I'm I'm excited to be reading her novel as well. So, sorry, my trash truck just showed up. Can you hear? Well, me? that means it's it. That's kind of our our timer, <laughs> yeah, right? To let us know. Signal. It's time to go. It's time to wrap it up here. Um, so I'm reading, reading. Yeah, I'm reading Sun by Lois Lowry. It's the quartet, the book four in her quartet that starts with The Giver, my all time favorite oh, yeah. book. That's about nice. to be a mo- major motion picture, which we can uh, lament that <sighs> another <laughs> day. We already have a couple of times, but okay. So I didn't know that a book four existed because, well, it came out in 2012 and I kind of left the young adult kind of. Um, scene to study theology and you know Hebrew and those kinds of things so I saw it at Barnes and Noble uh and I had to get it and okay so this is the character is it's um do you know about the giver the Um, mythology that she created there okay no so I it's I'm I'm a bad person for not reading no but you know my love of um other world kind of things Yes. Right. So I don't know if it's, it's not really fantasy, right? Uh-huh. What it, what would it be considered genre wise? Uh, could you call it magic realism then? Perhaps. It's like on earth. It is on earth, but it, it's much more like, um, Margaret Atwood where she creates a new world that's really based in the world that we know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like Brave New World too. Anyways, I feel like it's dis- not dystopia, but dystopia or atopia or something like that. Something like that. Anyways, um, so that's probably my favorite genre of all times. You know, mm-hmm. so there's these kind of uh, magic realism elements, but uh, but also like a, it's a distorted reality almost. Anyways, all that to say, so in The Giver, at 12 years old, you get your life assignment. Mm-hmm. And so this tells the story of um, a girl who gets her life assignment and her life assignment is birth mom. And she is goes through all this kind of testing process and she gets certified um, to have babies and she gets inseminated. And then she it comes time for her to give birth and she can't give birth. They have to do an operation and they have to take her baby out right? Mm. To have a C-section and she has a son. And then after she has that section, then she is decertified as a birth mom and moved to a different part of the community. Mm. So I told Sam, I was like, I have to buy this book and I'm going to have to maybe finish it tonight. I haven't finished it yet, (laughs) but I just thought, you know, the giver was so uh, monumental in my life as a reader. And then to re-encounter this book after I've just had a son and just had a C-section and all these mm-hmm. other things, I'm like, sometimes your favorite author writes a book that you didn't know about and you discover it right after you have a baby yourself, <laughs> you know, right. that has the main yeah. character oh, my goodness. of a birth mom. That yeah, is just kind of weird mm. in how that happens. But that's what you know. That's what we're talking about. Is that these these things that seem like coincidences aren't necessarily coincidences because we've prepared ourselves, right? I've watched Lois Lowry. I know Lois Lowry's book. I know I read the other three, and it was it was originally just a trilogy. So she must have been interested in this other character that's in the story of the Giver and wanted to expand on that. And you know, I just happened to do to find it. So that's awesome. Yes. Yes, it is like serendipitous book findings like that, because like, those are some of the ones that like, they're books of your heart, you know, and you end up connecting so well with. So 
Well, and books that change you, you know, because nobody, and this is in a world where we recommend books and I have a book list that's so long, you know, to find a book kind of authentically like that is not how it usually happens. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, I hear you. Like that book that I found at the used bookstore that, you know, kind of took me totally on a trip that was by Jan Martel, 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 however you say his name. I don't know. But, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, I like a good story like that. (laughs) Awesome. Or our story of how we found each other and started podcasting, which we'll recount on our 100th episode, which we're only two away from. Yay. Dun, 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 dun. dun. And then we'll probably recount it again at our writer's retreat this fall. Yes, we will. Which details are being worked out on the Yes, they are. <laughs> so now we know August is out. So September, it's looking like September, We're right? September, yeah. I think that's a good month. Let's do it. Also, I have to tell you that you have a new book on its way to you as well. Oh, I do. Oh, is it the last, um, the last Divergent book? It is indeed. Yay! I'm so excited. But who knows how long it'll take to get here? <laughs> get there. I mean. <laughs> We'll see. Sometimes it like happens so fast and you're like, hey, I just mailed that yesterday. How did it get to you? But- uh, yeah, it that has not happened when I've mailed stuff to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. We'll wait and see. Yes, indeed. And And again, listeners, if somebody wants to be part of our book club, let us know. Join up. Yeah, because we'll just keep sending each other <laughs> books back and forth. But we'd be happy to send you some too. Just let I us know. Send some to Stacy again. Yeah, or Molly. I sent right. Molly one. You need to send Molly a uh, care package. Send her some books. Be like, read these. It's almost midterm, so send them to her. <laughs> <laughs> she wants them right now. She has plenty of time. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, if people want to find you, Right now, How they you find can you? find me on the web at Ooh, I like that right now. writingrefinery.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Pinterest, Goodreads, Facebook, also at Writing Refinery. Um, so like, come talk to me about your project. Um, if you need editing, just let me know. I'll put you in the queue and we'll get this, we'll get your project underway. Um, if you're working on story elements and you need help figuring that out too, I'm, I'm here for you. I get it. So let's talk. And um, if you just want to like geek out about books, also do that there. Recommend stuff to me on Goodreads. I like it when people do that. So, uh huh. Yeah. <clears throat> and if you if you want to find me and talk about uh, publishing and you know I don't know books, life, theology, whatever, you can find me at harrelsonpress.com at harrelsonpress on Twitter and harrelsonpress on Facebook. I'd also like to mention that Thinking.fm, our podcast network, is now on Patreon. If you would like to give to Thinking.fm for the great podcasts that we do, go to Patreon. Look up Thinking.fm and you can contribute even $5. Helps us with our bandwidth and helps us be able to keep giving you great advice about writing and publishing. Awesome. Spread the word. Spread the word. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next week, listeners. Rest up because we're one week closer to episode 100. (laughs) It's going to be a party. Yes, it is. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.